episode three of the Being Wordy Nerdy podcast. Uh, I'm back. Um, last time I I sat behind a mic to record a podcast was back in May. Um, I did a reboot in May where I recorded two podcasts within a span of days, and then I just disappeared. My last long form blog post was in May. I've slowly come back with some shorter pieces that I've done. And, I'm starting to slowly get back into the groove again of like trying to find that consistency. And that's always been my problem. Um, I'm not going to reboot this podcast again. So those first initial episodes will be up Uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, pretty much namely Apple podcasts, uh, Google podcasts, anchor, Spotify. Those are some of the ones I have listed on my blog, uh, being wordy, nerdy.wordpress.com. And I'm I'm not going to reboot it again. I, I stand by, those two episodes, that's th- those two episodes. If you listen back to them, that's basically where I want to take the podcast. It'll lean heavily towards sports. There will be times where I kind of go into other topics that I enjoy talking about, like entertainment, specifically like movies and TV shows and video games, video games specifically over the next couple of weeks with the PS5 launching uh, Thursday, the 12th of November. Um, but what got me to come back was I had these ideas and I've been just writing kind of short form things on movies and a lot of Tom Holland news, I'll be honest. (laughs) Um, What I, uh, just trying to get myself back into that groove again before I do something longer form. And I'm I'm trying to think through of what I can do long form. Um, I'm trying to get back into reading books so that that helps my writing get back. But like I said in the initial podcast back in May, was I want to use podcasting as a form of, if there's something that I don't necessarily want to write about and I kind of just want to talk it out pretty much, I will get behind the mic and do a a podcast. And I want that same format here where it's going to lean sports and anything I don't write about on my blog will be be a podcast. Um, So... What's made me really come back are two topics. One of them I'm going to probably spend more time researching uh, is the topic that I talked about to a a long length in the first two episodes of this podcast. And this podcast is slowly turning into an astro science scandal type of uh, place. Um, But uh, the first one is the science scandal and and, and the the aftermath pretty much of it. Cora is back in the game. Alex Cora was rehired by the Red Sox this week. AJ Hinch is back. So Alex Cora was the former Red Sox manager. He's back with the Red Sox. AJ Hinch was hired by the Detroit Tigers. So if you follow me on Twitter at Wordy Nerdy, you'll know. And even if you've read stuff that I've written about before with the science thing scandal, which I you know linked to this week on my Twitter account. Um, I'm disgusted by Cora being back with the Red Sox. Um, AJ Hinch, I've always said, is the one person out of the pretty much four people heavily involved in that whole situation where I'd say I'm okay with him being back Um, because he's been apologetic, contrite, and upfront about his wrongdoing in that situation where he didn't address what he didn't agree with, what was going on in that clubhouse. Cora, I have always felt, was snarky about it and has never been upfront about being apologetic. And Jeff Lunau is a whole different story where I just feel like Lunau is fake. 
Um, and I've been upfront with saying Cora Lunau should not be in the game. Beltron, I'm pretty much at that point with saying that he shouldn't be in the game. That's another guy who's just not addressing what happened. Um, Hinch was the only one where I'd say, you know, I'm okay with him being back in the game because he's been upfront about it. Uh, ironically, my dad actually asked me about it. He said, between Core and Hinch, who would you be okay with bringing back? And I told him, I said, I've been very upfront about my stance being on the side of Hinch being back in the game. I'm okay with him being back in the game. Cora, not so much. I am actually very disgusted by the Red Sox. And all I've seen on social media is fans and media people people alike actually saying they're okay with this, this rehiring. I don't understand that. I really don't. And... I don't want to spend a third podcast, especially like the first one back, just rehashing all the Astro stuff and my stance on it and everything. Um, because it's out there. It's on my blog. I've been tweeting about it with, you know, the rehirings and hirings this past week. Um, I'll definitely come back to it. I'm definitely going to spend time reading more into the behind the scenes and what people around the league actually think. I, I've, I have a, I have a, uh, piece from the athletic saved that I've been meaning to read. It's a feature that I've been meaning to read. And uh, my next podcast, I'll probably go into that a little bit more, but I want to kind of table that for now. I, I need to stop myself because I will, I can ramble on my feelings about the Astros, but I actually want to talk about probably the biggest news and something I actually might turn into a column or maybe like a singular, like shorter podcast. I got to think about it kind of like what I want to do with it going forward. I've kind of had column title ideas. If I want to do a column, if I want to not strap myself to a column, but I, I want to follow this new era for the Mets. Um, Steve Cohen is officially the owner of the New York Mets. It couldn't be a more exciting time for the Mets franchise and for the fan base which, of which I'm one. I bleed, bleed uh, blue and orange. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, that is one of the teams that I love. And no matter what, will always stand by the Mets. I've been a Met fan since I I always do the ever since 2008 when their run into the playoffs was cut uh, short by the Phillies that year. And then the Phillies dynasty kind of ran rampant. And they took over the NL East division going forward from there. Not that the Mets did, but the Mets were pretty pretty solid until 2008, if my memory served me correct. But that's when I really, truly became a Mets fan. And I was like, this is my team. And not until probably like 2015, pretty much, was when we had the most exciting times as a Met franchise in a, in a while. You know, we made that run to the World Series. We got there, and then we lost to the Royals. Um, and then ever since then, it's just kind of gone downhill. We had the disastrous Mickey Calloway as manager. Um, you know, Sandy Olsen was underappreciated. Terry Collins, I feel like, was underappreciated. Uh, Rojas, I, I do like him as a, as a hiring. I, I When they hired Beltran, I stood behind that hiring. I thought Beltran was a good choice. I, thought, I still think he would have been a good choice, but he was part of that cheating and I don't want I, I'm glad my my Mets team got away from that um 
But besides Callaway, over the last year or so, who else has been incompetent and shouldn't have been in the role he was in? It was Brody Van Wagenen. And when the news came down yesterday that Steve Cohen was officially the Mets owner and the deal closed for him to be the team's official owner and that Sandy Alderson would be the team president, um, I did not expect it, but the news came down that Brody Van Wagenen was gone. Along a, a litany, and I'll pull it up here, of you know his other operatives that he had in his organization. It was a one fell swoop move by um, Cohen and Alderson of we are running this team now, and you know we want to get away from what has been pretty much. One of my favorite tweets from um, yesterday was actually from, and I hope I'm not botching her last name, Laura Albanese. Uh, she's a sports writer for Newsday. She says, Steve Cohen just Thanos snapped the Mets front office out of existence. I absolutely love that because I'm a huge nerd and geek and the Thanos reference is fantastic. Um, but yeah, he came aboard uh, yesterday and they got rid of pretty much it was the whole front office because now if you go to the Mets website for their front office directory, it says come back when it's like updated. I, that's not the exact wording, but pretty much it says come back to see, um, you know, who we hire pretty much. But all this was made official. They fan us up the front office. Another tweet I saw from uh, Mets, 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 wow. Mets memorized executive editor, Michael Mayer, uh, he tweeted out a video clip of Michael Conforto hitting uh, his second home run of the postseason from the World Series against Kansas City. And he just says, get this man a new contract. And I have stood by this the whole year and last season. I have said since Conforto was called up that the kid is a stud, will be a stud. He started, he's been starting to turn in not only a clubhouse leader, but has turned himself into quite a fantastic player. Um Oh, it's funny. I'm seeing Chris Young of the then he was then on the Royals, eventually became a Met of uh, the pitcher um, in one of the lists. I'm going to reference in a, in a bit about like potential front office hires. Chris Young is actually one of those people, <laughs> but um, not necessarily one of the people I will highlight. I don't think because um, there are other people that I think the Mets should hire. But going back to Conforto, that is one guy. They should definitely extend a contract to, uh, not not extend a contract to, but sign him to an extension because he is fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Um, I liked this other tweet from Gary Myers. Uh, Gary Myers, um, he's currently the podcast host for the Goat Tom Brady, which is actually a decent documentary style podcast. Uh, he was a columnist for da the Daily uh, Dallas Morning News, New York Daily News. Uh, he's a best-selling author. Um, he tweeted out, perhaps the Mets can now trade Edwin Diaz and Robinson Cano to Seattle for Jared Kalanick and Justin Dunn. I would love to see that. I really would. And I won't lie, at the time, I was excited to get Diaz. I was not excited about Cano. Uh, and I was upset about getting rid of Kalanick, but I'm not going to stay on that for too long. Um, there were some great tweets from yesterday. We have another one here, again, from Michael Mayer from Mets Marized. He go. He says this didn't age well, and he screenshots a picture of Jared Kalanick tweeting 
uh, quote tweeting, actually, the Mets tweet from 2018, uh, October 29, 2018, when the Mets say, join us in welcoming our new general manager, Brody Van Wagenen. And quote tweeting, it was Jared Kelenic who says, congratulations to Brody Van Wagenen on becoming the new on the Mets' new GM. And months later, of course, he's traded by Van Wagenen. Uh, and then looking back now, it's like, this doesn't go well because Van Wagenen is gone. Kalanick's gone. It's kind of a, a slew of events there. But anyway, so the official statement by the Mets yesterday, Steve Cohen's statement after he closed the deal for the Mets and got them in the sale, he says, quote, this is a significant milestone in the history of this storied franchise. I want to thank everybody who helped make this happen. The 2021 season is right around the corner, and we've got a lot of work to do. So I'm excited to get started. Let's go Mets. Um, there's some great tweets from yesterday. I'm just gonna keep running through them because it's great seeing them as I go back, as I scroll back through my timeline here. Uh, Mike Puma from the New York Post he tweeted a rival NL national uh, National League executive quote said, "Who knew Sandy Alderson had it in him to be Michael Corleone?" of Godfather fame. Today he settled all family business and he truly did. And um, I tweeted this myself yesterday um, that it was a lot to process all this news about the Mets the last couple of weeks with, you know, Cohen, the deal was approved by MLB owners um, where only four owners uh, said known him. And I'll try to pull it up while I'm recording this of the, who the four owners were. I know, Two off the top of my head was Artie Moreno from the Angels and Jerry Reinstorf from the White Sox. It's a lot to process. Um, this, this sale finally being official, there was a lot of news over the summer of like A-Rod potentially being the owner with J-Lo and um, Cohen and the deal falling through with Cohen uh, being the new GM of the Mets. And it was everywhere this off uh, during the season into the offseason. And like I said at the top, I wanted to see Van Wagen and go. And literally within, I think, a half hour to an hour after this was announced, Van Wagen and his front office are gone. Just gone. Um, they are starting fresh. I think that is great for the Mets to start fresh. They're not fooling around. Sandorson is getting a new lease on life. He's getting a second, um, I don't want to say second chance, but he's getting a, another go-round to do to run this franchise the way he wanted to see it run the first time he was here as general manager for, I think, about seven years, where he was pretty much hamstrung by the Wilpons. Um, I'm really excited to see what happens because I've been so used to, and my I know my dad has been a Met fan since before the 86 World Series team, but I'm only a Met fan since 08. Um, we're so accustomed to the Mets either not doing anything, saying they'll do something and not do it, being cheap about it. Now it's kind of like, wow, we've got Cohen and Alderson and whoever else they bring on to run this team. It's going to be different. They're going to do different things. Um, so like I said, one of the things I want to see is I want them to extend Michael Conforto. Um, and this is the exact order I want to see them go in this offseason. They need to get a catcher, specifically JT, uh, JT Realmuto or James McCann from the White Sox. Realmuto is a little more famous. He was with the Phillies last year. McCann would be a great second option at catcher, but they need to address catcher. Ramos was good as a hitter his first season. He was not a good receiver. 
Um, and, it, and then last year he was just terrible. And then they just thought they have no catches up. Tomas Naito is not a good option. Um, getting a Robinson Torinos is fine, but he's not a good option. Um, like it, it's not it's just not good options at catcher for the Mets. They need to solidify that position. They're pitching. Someone said specifically starting pitching. I say pitching in general for the Mets. They need to go get bullpen help. They need to go get starting pitching help. And, hey, don't complain about Stroman, okay? Stroman, if he accepts a qualifying offer, they just extended him. So be it. You need pitching that they start. And then you got to go get more, like a Charlie Morton, for example, or whoever else. You, I uh, saw recently uh, Jake Odorizzi is another pitching option. Uh, any pitcher you can get, however you can get them, do it. Line it up. Uh, bring back the Steven Matz even though he struggled. That's pitching depth. Steven Matz might not be a lock for your rotation, but bring him back for pitching depth alone. Um, center field. So this is one catcher, two pitching, three center field are their needs. Center field, you've got Jackie Bradley Jr. as a potential trade target from the Red Sox. I think he's a Red Sox. I think he's still in the Red Sox. If not, he's a free agent. But I haven't heard him as a free agent. I hear him as probably a trade target. I'll have to check on that. But And then the other one is George Springer. Now, George Springer, a lot of people are all for George Springer on the Mets. He's a great player. Fantastic. Will he be a center fielder in a few years? Probably not. Will he be great for the Mets in, say, the first three years of, say, a potential five-year contract? I think he will. My reluctance with Springer is his connection to the Astros. I'm I'm slowly getting over his connection to the Astros, very slowly. Um, that's where I'm apprehensive on him. But if they get him, I will I will be glad that he's on my team because it's George Springer. He's great. Um, so again, catcher one, pitching two, center fielder three, and then sign Michael Conforto. Now, if you go out of order and you're able to get pitching before the catcher, but you end up Getting Real Muto or McCann after, or you get Springer, you know, Real Muto or McCann and a bunch of pitchers after, fine. I'm all for it. As long as you get those things. Now, those are the priorities for me. Those are the definite priorities for the Mets. Something that's come up as something I didn't think would be potentially there as a possibility is the potential of trading for a Francisco Lindor from the Indians. Lindor is 26. He is a generational, he's a generational shortstop. Um, now, when it comes to trades, I get a little anxious because of what Van Wagenen did trading Kalanick and then, you know, later trading Anthony Kay. Um, for a Strowman. Um, because, again, that goes back to your depth. That goes to your team's farm system. You're taking away from that. And you never want to take away from that. You want to keep... You want to you want to maintain your depth. You want to maintain your future. You, wanna, you don't want to take away from those things. And Van Wagen consistently took away from the future. Now, Lindor. If they can go trade for Lindor... And I've seen a couple of packages thrown out there. One, the most recent one I saw was the Mets would get Lindor and they would trade Andres Jimenez, uh, Ronnie Mauricio, and I believe J.D. Davis was the third piece. Now, I like Andres Jimenez 
But I, I definitely will admit I'm part of that hype that he was receiving last season when he was doing so well. Is he what he showed? Maybe. It was a short season, so you don't exactly know. But I'd rather see what you have in him going forward than in Ahmed Rosario, who has been very up and down. Up and down is being generous, too. He's been more down than up. There was another trade package I saw where it was a Rosario and Brett Batty and J.D. Davis. Now, J.D. Davis, I'm fine with training. He really doesn't have a spot on the Mets. Brett Batty, I'm a little reluctant because he was just recently drafted and he could potentially be good, and I, I'm weary of trading from my farm system. Same thing goes for Ronnie Mar- Marcio. You're getting rid of a shortstop. But if you're going to get a Lindor, a young talented generational player like that for players who are not nearly in the level or stratosphere of a Lindor, then I'm all for it. But again, this type of a trade, you have to ensure that you're going to be able to sign Lindor. Now, in the past, I would have said the Mets are not going to re-sign or extend um, a Lindor type. They're just not. But now with Cohen in the picture, that's a different story. And the Mets have actually been heavily connected to getting Lindor. So we'll see how that turns out. Do I think they'll land Lindor? It's, it's, we'll have to see. And I'm on the side of, look, do your priorities first of catcher starting pitching and uh, center field and Conforto. But if a Lindor trade comes together before any of that other stuff comes together, go for it. You can't pass up getting a Lindor if you have the potential of getting a Lindor. Um, so those are some of the things I need to see the Mets do. Um, but I want to get into the GM candidates and that'll be the, pretty much the last thing, uh, that I get on here, but I want to pull up who the Mets, uh, got rid of yesterday and then who they kept. So bear with me, but they got rid of yesterday. Boom, boom, boom. This is not good podcasting, but bear with me. Uh, wow. I am not doing too well here. Uh, trying to see how to pull it up. Thread here. Okay. So it was uh, Baird Gutridge Banner. Omar Minaya was also part of that departure. So those were the names. Baird, Gutridge, Banner, and Minaya. I probably am missing somebody. But those are the ones that are leaving the Mets. So that's a big one. Um, But anyway, I want to get back to the names. Uh, Tommy Tanis is staying. Um, I I tweeted about that yesterday. Tommy Tanis is part of the scouting department. Him and there was one other guy are two guys that I actually credit more so than Van Wagenen for the great drafts the Mets have had the last two seasons. Yes, you might say that's kind of backwards. Van Wagenen's more, you know, he he had those people in position to have good drafts and they did their job. And I'm glad they're staying around because they've had great drafts with getting the, JT Jins and 
uh, the Jake Wolfs and the Brett Baddies and guys like that, drafting guys like J- Jake Magnum. Um, so that I, I'm glad those guys are sticking around. Um, but here's one piece I saw of six potential candidates to replace Van Wagen. So I'm going to pull that one up right now, and then we'll go through each name. And then there's some other names, too, that I'm going to pull up. So the first one is Billy Owens. Billy Owens is the assistant GM of the Athletics and director of player personnel. He's done it for the last uh, two years, and he spent 12 years as the team's director of player personnel. He has experience as a scout and a hitting coach in the organization for the A's. Now, Billy Owens has that connection to Alderson because Alderson is from the A's. Billy Owens is the one guy who I can see being the Mets general manager. I really do. Uh, then there's Bobby Heck from the Rays. Uh, he is currently a special assistant to the Rays general manager, Eric Neander. Uh, and he was also on special assignment for the, uh, a special assignment scout for the Rays. Um, another name here that I want to kind of point out, uh, Emil Saude. Um, he is served as the Diamondbacks senior vice president assistant GM for the last four years. And then he spent his previous 15 seasons before that with the Red Sox, um, including vice president of amateur and international scouting. So he's a name to watch as well. So those three names I would say pay attention to. I would say Billy Owens, Bobby Heck, Emil Sade. A name that is still with the Mets, who's been with the Mets for a while, is John Rico. Uh, John Rico was the Mets assistant GM in 2006. He was the interim GM when Omar Minaya was fired in 2010. And he's done a bunch of other things for the team since then. So he's been with the team for a long time. Um, I don't see him as a GM or as the team president, but he'll definitely be a key. He's in the organization. He will be key in Olsen's second go-around with the Mets. So he'll be in there, in, in there. I don't see him being a general manager for this team. I mentioned Chris Young. I don't see him coming over. He's right now uh, ML, the Major League Baseball's on-field operations umpiring departments. He, he runs that. Uh, uh, he His title is MLB's Senior Vice President of Baseball Ops. I don't see him coming to the Mets. I really don't. Like I said, Owens... Uh, Heck and Saude are the ones I would see the most there. Then there's one other name that I keep kind of glossing over. It's Peter Woodfork. Uh, his name has come up quite a bit the last couple of days. He's currently the senior vice president of on-field operations for baseball. He works alongside Joe Torre and the aforementioned Chris Young. Um, and he was hired in the role he's in since 2011. I'm getting all this information from a piece from SNY called uh, titled Six Potential Mets GM Candidates Who Could Replace Brody Van Wagen. And um, editorial producer Alex Smith wrote it. I retweeted it, but that's where I'm getting my info right now. So those are some names to keep in mind. And those are the names that I would say pay attention to. Owens, Heck, and Saude. Uh, I'm going to pull up some other pieces that I've seen too. Kevin Davidoff from the Post also posted one yesterday. He he went even further with some bigger names in the league to pay attention to. More of the president role and less so the GM role. Um, so he put Chris Antonetti. He is the Indians president right now. John Daniels. He's the Texas Rangers longtime president. 
Derek Falvey, Minnesota Twins president. John Mozalak, the St. Louis Cardinals president. Eric Neander, Tampa Bay Rays president. David Stearns, Milwaukee Brewers uh, president. Now, this is great for that role, that baseball ops role um, that the Mets need to fill. This is less so the general manager position, in my opinion. I could be wrong. Of this list, I think Antonetti stays with the Indians. I think John Daniel stays with the, Indians, uh, with the Rangers. I think Derek Falvey stays with the Twins. John Mozalak stays with the Cardinals. The two names that I think could potentially move, make a move is Eric Neander from the Tampa Rays. He's currently the Rays GM, as mentioned before. So this would be, if he became the Mets baseball ops person, he this would be a step up from him for him. Um, David Stearns from the Brewers, he is also that team GM. This would also be a jump up for him. So those two names pay attention to. So you've got five names to pay attention to now. You've got Billy Owens, Bobby Heck, and Emil Saldé. As the GM potentials, Eric Neander, David Stearns as the president potentials. So keep all those names in mind. Uh, again, that's another piece I tweeted to my Twitter. Um, let's see. Let's see. I'm going to see if I can find another piece here. I tweeted out some great back pages. Uh, I tweeted out some great uh, back pages uh, from the tabloids. Um, let's see. I'm like scrolling. I found some great pieces this morning. Uh, oh, yes. So Tim Healy. This is, I believe, the last one. I'm just going to scroll up to make sure. Yeah, this is the last one. So Tim Healy of Newsday posted a great one for some potential uh, baseball ops people. Um, and I thought it was a great list. And you're going to hear some names again repeating themselves. Um, so David Stearns, again, the Brewers um, uh, president. He's the Brewers president of baseball operations. Um, you have Eric Neander, again, the, the, the uh, Rays GM. Again, he could, you know, you can hire him with a promotion. So he's the Rays GM right now. He can fit into that baseball ops role. Again, Bobby Heck, he's the Rays special assistant to Eric Neander. So wouldn't that be something? Say potentially the Mets bring Heck to be the GM and they get Neander to be the president of baseball ops. That would be quite the tandem in my opinion because you have two really qualified um, people from a great organization. I think extremely highly of the Rays and it actually, I'm backed up by that you know, feeling of thinking highly of that organization because the Rays were just in the World Series. Uh, and they've had some other executives, part of other organizations now that have had success, namely Andrew Friedman, who runs the Dodgers, who just won the World Series. So the Rays have a line of people who are just, they're stellar. A name that I've brought up, Billy Owens, who's the Athletics Assistant GM. Again, I think, if I had to bet, I really think Billy Owens will be the Mets GM. That is the one name that has been consistent since the beginning, the beginning of October, end of September, that is the name that constantly keeps coming up. So watch out for Billy Owens. Um, and uh, two names that have come up over the last two days that I hadn't heard of, but are potentials. Um, 
is Scott Sharp. He's the Royals assistant GM, so he could be an he could be a GM type for the Mets as well. I don't I I put him lower on the totem pole of a potential hire for the GM role, but that's a name to pay attention to. And Michael Hill is interesting. Michael Hill's background is he was with the Marlins for a long time. Um, I'm just <clears throat> and I could and I could see him coming over. Uh, he was the president of baseball ops for the Marlins. Could he do that for the Mets? He sure can. He's got a great background. Um, he helped. He was with the Marlins for two decades. Um, but again, I kind of want to recap everything. So GM wise, Billy Owens um, is one. Uh, Eric Neander, Bobby Heck, Emil Saude, David Stearns. Those are the names to really pay attention to potentially Michael Hill. So there's a lot of potential out there for the Mets. There really is. Um, those are all the names that I can see potentially coming on about for the Mets. Um, but there's a lot to be excited about. I'm just going to keep it at that. So just kind of ruminate with those names and those potential GM and baseball ops guys for the Mets. But the coming weeks will be interesting. They're going to move fast. Free agency starts Tuesday. So... Now, will they have a GM by then or baseball ops? No, they're definitely not. But they've made moves. They made a quick sweep of the front office right away. So, you know, a lot. it's up and up for the Mets now. We'll see what they do. Um, I'm going to podcast again. <laughs> so uh, I just got to, you know, start taking notes and read more and, like, really dive into a lot of this stuff. But thanks for listening if you did listen that's my mindset with the Mets and the names that have come out. Um, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.